This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Well, two things I learned in uh, probably, I don't know, say the last 30 to 45 minutes. One, I learned I have graduated from fast food. And what I mean by graduating from fast food, you know that because of time in your life where you just don't go and get a fast food burger anymore because it's just not what you think it's going to be. That happened to me today, Ari. It took me till I'm 45 years old, turning 46 in November, to finally be able to go to a fast food location, ask for a burger, a bacon burger, which, by the way, you can't really mess up a bacon burger, and some curly fries, and then get back to the radio station, try it, and realize it tastes like hell. That was that was not good. I actually literally just passed on my curly fries to Damon because I said I can't do this. Yikes! You're really putting it out there with the curly fries. I think we all. I mean, every what place places. doesn't what place doesn't have curly fries? There's two places we all know. No, but there's, who doesn't have a curly fry these days? I mean, are, are we going to say it? I just, no, we're not going to say okay. it. I'm saying there's plenty of places in God's green earth that has curly fries. Fair, but there's only two that I can even think of that that even make the radar so automatically well that's that's i mean that's I your that's your eating. that's your small menu i guess that's <laughs> your small menu but yeah i've cut off there's there's I, I worked at i worked at a location back in the day my very first job when i was 16 i can never eat there again i haven't ate there and the wife loves that place i just can't eat there and i'm trying to save the name so i don't want to i don't want to sound disrespectful because mm-hmm. some people might love that place i just can't do it then there's another place that you know kids love to go to and has a bunch of great arches on it that I haven't been able to go to in a very long time. I just, I don't know why. I just, I, and I love that place as a kid. Just can't do it. And now today I frequented another place and realized it's just not for me anymore. So I don't know if I became a burger snob. Maybe that's part <laughs> of it. Or if I just have graduated. So I'm assuming that it's the latter and I'm going to say I graduated. Oh, see, I wanted to go with the snob part, but. No, <laughs> no, I don't like to, I don't like to look at myself like that. I, uh, I just realized that I just can't do that. I haven't been able to do it for the arches in particular for like 10 plus years. Really? I, oh, so it's not just me. No, I tried a few. Just like you say, I try. I'm like, all right, you know, we'll try again. Right. I'm in a rush or whatever. Right. Or this is Now, let me try again at 2 or 3 in the morning. You know what I mean? After maybe a, a, a long yeah. night of hanging out with the homies or something, and, and, and the game might change. You know what also kind of deterred me over time is the price is really going up. Like, you spend like a dollar more, and you can actually get some non-fast food, honestly, at that point. So That's an actual good point. If not- I'm going to spend the money on a burger, I might as well go get a good one. What happened to like six, seven bucks? That's long gone. For a meal. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like six or seven now bucks for the burger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Without bacon. Ain't neither one of us, right, ain't neither one of us worth anything. So that's the first thing that I just learned. And I walked around the building and just told everybody that I'm just kind of disappointed in myself that I'm at that point. That I just, it's a done deal. The second thing I learned is that Ari's back for day two. Ari made it back for day two. I literally walked around the building and was like, did I make him quit? Is he gone? But he was doing work. And to his credit, he was working in, in his office area, which is not close to my office. But I thought... Man, I broke him on day one. Nah. He breaks the phones. He hangs up on ABA <laughs> Ivan Davis, and he decides not to come back to work the next day. You know what happened. <laughs> 
or, or Juan, is it Juan the Smasher came and got me? Right, right, right. I, I said that it was Juan the Smasher that you hung up on, but it was really right. ABA Ivan Davis. But you made it back, and I'm not eating fast food. So that's that's the two revelations that we came up with today. Come a long way. There we go. We have come a long way in this world here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. Well, welcome into the show. We have a lot planned for you on today's show. Very excited about it. Kicking things off at 2.30. We went hot and heavy, man. We went hard in the paint yesterday when it came to the offensive line of the Raiders and how Pro Football Focus has them ranked. Ranked them uh, 29th. That was Mike Renner, PFF Mike. He, uh, he ranked them 29th. And so... Uh, during the show yesterday, as a matter of fact, we booked him to come on the show. So at 2.30, he's going to join us to talk about not only the rankings that he has for the Raiders right now on June 14th. And let me tell you right now, there is a plenty of rankings going on because it is, is it, it is June. It is a slower time of year. That's just kind of what happens. There's going to be uh, all these different writers that are going to rank different uh, organizations and, and positions. And we're going to roll a few of those out the next few days. So today we're concentrating on the offensive line. Tomorrow we'll talk about... Uh, Pro Football Focus, how they have the Raiders ranked as far as fantasy football and defensive line. So we're going to kind of double dip tomorrow. So we have a lot already lined up for the rest of the week. But uh, we're just having some fun here as we're about a month out from uh, training camp. Everything will get started around July 19th. So, you know, a month and some change. But we'll be ready to rock and roll and we'll have you all educated on everything that uh, you need to know going into training camp now. We'll see how everything shakes out when they get out of training camp and head into the regular season. Obviously, things could change quick, fast, and in a hurry. But Mike Renner, he'll join us at 2.30 to talk about the rankings and how the Raiders can improve those. Because one of the first things he said is the Raiders could easily outplay the rankings of where he had them. He had them in Tier 6, which is the last tier in his, in his piece. It was called Problematic. And there was only, what, three teams behind them? They were 29. So, yeah, 30, 31, and 32. The Steelers. The Bears and the Seahawks were the only teams that had worse offensive lines, according to Mike Renner. So we'll talk to him about where they're ranked currently and how they can improve that. We'll do that coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock every Tuesday, we have our guy, the General, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. He'll join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things NFL. And I don't even really have to talk and go deep in detail with him when it comes to Deshaun Watson because I feel like that story just continues to write itself. But there's a lot of things going on in the NFL. They announced some dates uh, today for 2023 when the draft is going to be in Kansas City. You haven't even got the 2022 season started yet, right? And they're already talking about the dates for 2023, and that's how the machine of the NFL continues to roll. So uh, I have a lot to talk to John McClain about coming up at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, Nicole Yang from the Boston Globe. She'll join the show to talk all things NBA Finals, game number five. <laughs> Woo! Raider Nation, when I tell you that that was a stressful game for your boy... Let me tell you how stressful that was. And Ari, you remember on the show I said I had bosses. I had a meeting with the bosses yesterday. Well, we had that meeting at 7 o'clock, right? So I'm watching the game. It's a pretty close game. And I told the wife, you know what? I'm just going to go outside. I'm going to talk to the bosses real quick. They live across the street. So we'll go and talk to, talk to them. I'll come back in and see where the game's at. Go into the meeting. Everything's fine. Bounce back. It's halftime. The Warriors are up 12. I'm like, Cool. That's a good spot to be. I can go sit on the couch and relax the rest of the game. And then the third quarter happened. And I was like, well, hell, let me go back outside and go have another meeting. Because obviously I am the, you know, I'm the, I'm the bearer of bad news. I'm the bad guy. I'm the evil dude. I'm the bad luck charm. Jinx. Yes. Yes. I was thinking all that. So I kept telling the wife, I was like, man, maybe I should just go back outside. You know, I titled uh, yesterday's third hour something about, like, Q needs a win. Q needs this win. Let's go, Steph. And <laughs> right. They, they got it. Usually when I do that, 9 out of 10, the team loses. Well, so. thank you for telling me that now. <laughs> yes, I'm glad after. you didn't tell me that, after, you know, because, oh, yeah. man, I'll tell you, during that third quarter, I was stressed. Yeah. Sorry about that. 
Warriors couldn't <laughs> buy a bucket. But, hey, you know what? In a night when Steph Curry misses every single one of his three-pointers, goes 0 for 9, they still find a way to win. Man, I was up there fist-pumping Andrew Wiggins. I'm up there fist-pumping all day, Clay. I'm up there fist-pumping Gary Payton the second. I mean, it didn't matter who it was. But, boy, I was happy. I couldn't do anything. I was trying to concentrate and do some work. I couldn't do any work until that game was over last night. So it was a late night for your boy. But you know what? It's easier to have a late night and a victory <laughs> than it is to watch an L and then say, all right, I got a lot of work I got to do. That's when it sucked. I even woke up this morning. I was like, yeah, I'm still pumped up. It's cool. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to know, was a meeting like where they like, yo, is, what's wrong with you? Why, why are you so distracted? It was so funny. I walked outside. <laughs> I was like, I need a TV out here. I need a TV. And then Doug says, oh, yeah, your game's on, huh? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I it is. Knows. If it were others, I'm not sure, but that's good. Yeah, no, nah, he was on top of it. So, we, you know, yeah. just had a little quick meeting, a little powwow. You know, and it's kind of cool to to be able to walk outside, talk to the bosses, and then go back in the in the house, you know. <laughs> As long as I'm still on the good side. <laughs> I don't know how Now the I day feel I'm on the that. bad side, then it'd be like, man, I'll have to sneak in. You know when you try to sneak in past the principal or whatever like that? You try to sneak in past the boss, you don't want them in? Yeah, exactly. The window's right <laughs> there. Funny. I know exactly what you're There's talking about. <laughs> yeah, buddy. No, I know what you're talking about, man. You want to sneak in, but I'm still on the good side. So as long as I'm on the good yeah. side, it's okay. The day I'm on the bad side, I'm going to be like, call the wife. Wife. Is there is there a garage open? Is there a garage open? <laughs> I gotta drive in real fast. In. <laughs> that would be kind of awkward, right? All of a sudden, have some kind of big issue at the job, and it's like, hey, hey, neighbor. <laughs> the whole thing's awkward to me. Like every time I leave my house, I would want. If Jared texts me, sometimes I'm looking around, like, is is he? Is he? Yeah, like if we're in the is building, he lurking? Yeah, is he I, lurking. There's a lot of that where it's like they're in my head almost. So right. I wouldn't. I need that distance. No, I, I hear you. Mean, I hear you. I no wake offense. up. I Love wake up dog. some mornings, and I wake up early. I get up at five thirty every morning, no joke. And I start working at six thirty. And literally, our big big boss, Natalie, she's rolling out at six thirty in the morning, headed here. Oh, like yeah. she is on her grind. So whenever I think that I'm getting up early to work, I'm like, damn, Natalie beat me again. <laughs> no, I. You know what I mean? More. Like she yeah. is on her grind. So I got to give Absolutely. her all the props in the world because she she is up and at them. But yeah, we we have to look out for each other around the hood. So that's what we do. But at three thirty, Nicole Yang from the Boston Globe, she'll join us to talk all things NBA Finals Game Five and look forward to Thursday's Game Six potential closeout game for the Warriors. Also, a game that I would definitely not count out the Celtics because they've been in this spot. With their back against the cor- uh, against, in the corner so many times. And what do they do? They continue to get out of that corner. They climb themselves out. They fight themselves out. I would no way at all count them out in this series. And I'm just happy that the Warriors are up and they have a little bit of wiggle room. Just a little. Not a lot. Just a little bit of wiggle room they have by winning that game five that I thought they had to have last night. Then at 4.30, our good friend Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports, she'll join the show to talk all things LV Aces as they still have only lost two games on the season. Uh, coming off a game when Asia Wilson went off 35 points, like 11 boards, four blocks, two steals. I mean, just a monster performance that she has. So we'll talk to her about the Aces. We'll talk some UNLV. And I also want to get her thoughts on sports here in Las Vegas. I don't know about you, Ari. You've been here for a long time. I'm just getting acclimated to the area. I'm almost celebrating my one year here. My first day here was July 13th last year, so I'm, I'm getting right, right there. But I just feel like it feels like this summer there's going to be so much sports activities here in Las Vegas. I've been saying the same thing. Like, we're this is it. And I think last summer was, like, potentially going to be the same way. And then with COVID still right. kind of trailing off. But now, obviously, COVID's still a big issue. But we... 
It seems like, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, you, you could see it kind it of It feels like it's coming, right? Traffic, yeah, yeah. You got LeBron talking about wanting to have an NBA team here yeah. in Vegas. It just, we know Summer League is going to be here. We know AAU's going to be here. We know tournaments on top of tournaments There's, are going to be here. It oh just feels God. like, and then you got other organizations, like you got the Desert Dogs that are putting their team together. Uh, you got the indoor, uh, you know, football league Night that's going to have their championship game. I mean, there's so much going on. I just feel like this summer it's going to be like, what do we do? Turn our head. Which way? It's like, keep your head on a swivel because there's always going to be something going on. So that's one of the things that I love about being here because as much as we cover and as much as we're at in, in person, there's still so much more to, to be at. And the Aces, with the way they're playing, I, I would not be shocked at all if they're going on a deep, deep playoff run, if not hoisting a championship this summer. And How amazing would that be? Best team in Las Vegas. Best sports team. Hey, I've been saying that. I'm not some expert. I'm just saying like it's clear they're – they're killing it. And Becky Hammond's got them cooking. She's yes. got them cooking, man. So uh, that would be so exciting to see the Aces hoist the trophy here in Las Vegas. That would be fantastic. So we'll talk to Paloma coming up at 430. So we're locked and loaded. We got a lot to get to. Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus, 230. John McClain, Houston Chronicle, 3 o'clock. Nicole Yang, 330. And then Paloma Villacana will close things out with us at 430. And then, oh, by the way, we'll be uh, making way for the Aviators, who will be uh, taking the field around 520. And you can hear that game right here on Radio Nation Radio as well. So now that you know the guests that are coming up on the show, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So I've been thinking about this Raiders team and the way that it's been put together and the expectations with head coach Josh McDaniels, and we know the weapons that have been brought in, especially offensively. We know Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro signs a contract extension. We think that Darren Waller, at least I believe Darren Waller is up next. He'll be the guy to sign a one, two-year deal, get some guaranteed money. Just thinking about all the weapons that they have offensively. And, you know, I just feel like there's a lot of momentum for this team. You know, and I know DeMond's not here. He don't believe in momentum unless it's on his side and he's a wrestler. And then he gets it, you know, but he, he, he'll he claim that he don't believe in momentum. All right, let me ask you, do you believe in momentum? I do. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, well, that's an upgrade right there. See that, DeMond? <laughs> Ari might hang up on everybody, but at least he believes in momentum. And I wasn't even coached to say that. This is a <laughs> right. genuine answer. Exactly. A genuine answer from Ari. I definitely appreciate that. But I just feel like that there's a lot of momentum for this team. Now, of course, they've got to go through the season. They've got a tough, tough 17-game schedule. Obviously, the playoffs are you know another animal, and they've got to go through that. But I just feel like there's a lot of good and a lot of positive that's going on with this organization. It feels like that they're all headed in the right direction. And not only to be really good this year, but it feels like the foundation is being placed for a long time, you know, which is what you want. You know, I mean, I think everyone was teased. I know I was teased in 2016 when the Raiders were really good, go to the playoffs, obviously without Derek Carr. And then you think in 2017, they're going to come back and be killers. They won the first two games and then all the wheels fell off in Washington. Don't need to revisit why they fell off, but they all fell off. I think Jack Del Rio, uh, his latest shenanigans, I think that tells you all you need to know about part of the reason why it fell off. Other part was just the team wasn't there. They weren't together, you know, but started out 2-0 and and then ultimately ended up in disappointment. The Raiders are trying to build themselves up. This team is trying to build themselves up. So not only do they make the playoffs like they did in 2021, but they, they're a frequent visitor. They go to the playoffs. They're expected every year. It's like, okay, well, you know that's a playoff team. You're not, I mean, like right now, we look at the AFC West, you look at the Chiefs, you say, yeah, they're a playoff team. You say that. And if you don't, it's just because you're angry at the Chiefs. Because right now, until proven otherwise, they're that team that you could pencil into the playoffs because they've, they're, they're making it every year. They're winning the division every year. 
you could look at certain teams across the league, like the Green Bay Packers. I know they don't have Devontae Adams. I feel pretty confident that they're going to go to the playoffs. I feel pretty confident in that. There's certain organizations you can say that. The Cowboys, I feel like they're going to go to the playoffs because they're in a terrible division. So I think by default that they are probably going to make the playoffs, no doubt about it. You know, of course, injuries happen and stuff like that happens. But just right now in June, there's certain teams I can feel confident and say, yeah, pencil them in. They'll be all right. Buffalo, I feel confident saying Buffalo is going to be in the playoffs. At some point, the Raiders want to be that team where it's like, hey, yes, confident that they're going to make the playoffs. So I was listening to the morning tailgate this morning on my way in. It was Clay Baker, Heidi, Heidi Fang, and, and, and Vinny Bonsignor, and they had Jason Fitz from ESPN on. And Jason is very adamant and very open about him being a Raider fan. He's a big-time Raider fan, and I can appreciate that. And even when I do shows with Jason Fitz, he'll come on and say, hey, I'm a Raider fan, Q's a Raider fan, we cover the Raiders, this, that, and the other. But he's, he's like me where he's honest. He can be honest about the team. But one of the questions that was asked to him right at the very end of the interview was about you know the Hall of Fame game being 51 days away. Like We're going to be in Canton, Ohio in 51 days, which to me is incredible. You know, I'm just looking at flights. I'm looking at places, and, and I know I'm not going to stay at the place I stayed last year because that was a disaster. That's not going to happen again. But I'm going to make sure that everything is going to be worked out. We're going to have a great celebration for Cliff Branch as he is, uh, you know, put into the Hall of Fame. And, of course, he's gonna, his family will be there to accept that, and that's going to be awesome and, and can't wait. And I know Mark Davis is fired up about that. But Clay asked Jason about being, you know, 51 days away and, you know, what are his thoughts on it. And I found this to be very open, honest, and intriguing with his answer. Check out what Jason Fitz had to say. I haven't been this excited about a Raiders team since 2016, and that was an aberration. I haven't been this excited about a team going into a season since the Super Bowl era. And I think what we need to start accepting and like really acknowledging as, as fans is you got 51 days left to just feel the hope, like all the way. Let it run through your veins. Let yourself love because like it, it's hard when you've watched a lot of bad seasons. It's hard for all of us to get hopes up when it feels like they're dashed. But, man, I've always been real about where I think this team is. And uh, this is, a, a, again, a top-five offense. And in today's NFL, offense wins early in the regular season particularly. I, I think the Raiders have a real shot to do something special this year. And the number of times that I read and I see and I hear people talking about Super Bowl window, I, it just occurred to me the other day, like, I don't think we're acknowledging enough, like, the Raiders might be one of a pack of great teams in the AFC, but they are one of a pack of great teams in, a in the AFC. And if, if things yes. bounce right, like I, I think you, you're allowed to love the Super Bowl. Like I, mm -hmm. I think this is a team capable of going to the Super Bowl this year, and I cannot believe I'm saying that. So there's Jason Fitz from ESPN. He does a, a, a Spain and Fitz. He does a fantastic job um, with anything he does. He does a college football as well. He's on the digital platform, a former artist. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's done just about everything, and everything that he does is great. As a matter of fact, he would love to be the next play-by-play -play voice for the Silver and Black as well. I'll throw that out there, uh, and I know that he'd do a great job. But I could appreciate what he said. He said, I haven't been this excited about a team since 2016. And he also said, we have to embrace, and when he says we, he's talking about the fan base, have to embrace the fact that, as I've mentioned multiple times, that there is a window. And the Raiders have created this window, and he's talking about winning the Super Bowl this year. And I know many people hit us up on Friday and said, hey, you know, why can't they win on, on, on this year? And I, I, I never said they couldn't. I'm just saying they've got to have some expectations, and their expectations are to win in the, you know, in my opinion, in the next three years. You know, one of these three years, they feel like that they have the team to go and hoist the Lombardi Trophy. And I could appreciate that as a fan, just knowing that the team that I grew up as the, you know, a huge fan of has these expectations. And I think that every fan should. So I throw this question out there to you, Raider Nation. I want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. &R. Do you share... 
the same feeling and excitement level of Jason Fitz? Or are you still a little hesitant to get excited until you actually see it because of past year's experiences? And I understand that if you are. If you're like, yeah, it looks good, it sounds good, doesn't mean it is good. My grandmother used to say that. Rest her soul. Just because it looks good, it feels good, son, don't mean it is good. And boy, was she right. Plenty of years of child support will tell you that. She was absolutely right. But I throw it out there to you. I want to hear from you. Are you excited like Jason Fitz, where he says he hasn't been this excited about a Raiders team since 2016, and he really believes that Raider Nation should embrace Super Bowl expectations? Like, And that's okay. Like, that's not... That's not putting on silver and black glasses and just, you know, acting blind and just, oh, hey, there's nothing that the Raiders can do wrong. You know, just rainbows and puppy dogs. I don't subscribe to rainbows and puppy dogs. Like, I like to keep it real. I like to be honest about the situation. If it walks like a duck and it, 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 it sounds like a duck, then damn it, it's a duck. But I do feel pretty good about this team. Now, we all know that there's issues that still need to be addressed. There's areas of the team that still need to be addressed. The offensive line, we talked about it in great length. We'll talk about it coming up at 2.30 with Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. I think that they need a veteran cornerback. But just because there's holes in the team doesn't mean the team can't go win. Right? I mean, just because you have some holes in your team that may not be, you know, top-notch, full, full throttle, the best of the best, doesn't mean that you can't make up for that and still win games. I mean, hell, in 2016, if you remember correctly, the Raiders led the league in penalties, and it wasn't even close. Remember that game that they won against Tampa Bay in overtime that looked like it was going to be a a tie? What, they have like 20-something penalties, over 200-something yards worth of penalties, and they still found a way to win the game? I don't like that kind of play. I think it's undisciplined and sloppy. But that team found a way to win games that they probably shouldn't have. Even early in the season, what, the first game of the season against New Orleans? Looked like they were dead in the waters until Jalen Richard popped that big run. Then all of a sudden, they were back in the game. So even when you have deficiencies, even when you have some issues, you can still overcome them. So even though the offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus, is ranked, you know, 29th, doesn't mean that they can't overcome that and find a way to win, especially early on. Not being able to, you know, you could be able to scheme something up, get the ball out of Carr's hand pretty quickly, make up for what's going on. If you know that the, the right side is a little bit weak, you go to the left. I mean, you know, you do, you do some other things. You make up for it. Now, you want to have a, a, a solid line. You want to have a solid defense. You want everything to be perfect. It, it, reality is, that's not what it's going to be. So, uh, that, I mean, it's just it's the nature of the beast. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, ABA Ivan Davis, who apparently Ari has not hung up on. Ivan, what's on your mind? Hey, how's it going, Q? Thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, uh... I'm not going to say I'm hesitant because I'm not. I mean, I, I believe it, but it depends on how the offense and defense develop. I say you will know if we're going to win the Super Bowl this year, you, you'll know week two, week three. Really? If they call out his offense. I mean, because you need, I mean, you have to catch on to that offense. And defense, you might can do that on defense. Defense is not that hard. Uh, to, to learn on the three four, I don't care what kind of scheme you come in. It's not three four is not that hard. Okay, uh, it's, it's the offense I'm concerned about. But once because once the offense come along with the defense, it'll be a machine. Okay, it'll be like a freight train running downhill, and we'll just be smashing folks whoever get in the way. I really believe that the rest of the league is scared to death of what our potential is. That's why I think it's going to be next year. 
next year, I, I'll give you next year. Okay. okay. This year, week three, I mean, because the offense has to come along fast. Okay. I mean, really fast because of those because of the, how tough those games are at the beginning. Okay. But I'm not worried so, so much about the defense stuff. Okay. Thanks, Q. All right. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. ABA Ivan Davis right there did not get hung up on by my guy Ari, so – there you go. That's a victory in itself right there. All right. Momentum. Yeah, there you go. Congratulations, all right. You can stay you can stay for another hour or so. You know, now if you start hanging up on other folks, then there's gonna be a problem. But uh ABA Ivan Davis gave you a pass right there. And you know, I was a little a little surprised that he said we'll know something we'll know by week two. Now I, I, I like the I like what he's talking about as far as, you know, we'll learn throughout the course of the season, especially early on, you know, what this team should look like. But you know the first I always kind of look at the first four weeks. As the preseason, you know, what I mean, because in the preseason, you know, Devontae Adams is not going to be out there. You know, Derek Carr is not going to be out there. Darren Wall is not going to be out there. Hunter Renfro is not going to be out there. So you're not going to see these guys start to gel in the preseason like you used to back in the day. Now, I think it takes you a good I think it takes at least two to three weeks to get the kinks out, you know, work off some of the rust, get on the same page. You know, and so I think that if, if you're going to wait and, and really determine your excitement level for this team. I think you'll probably have that maybe, I would say maybe maybe by the bye week. You go to Kansas City week five, and then you have a bye. So maybe week six, maybe week seven is when you're starting to feel like, okay, you know what, this team this team is cooking with something right here. They're, they're cooking with grease. You know what I mean? And, and, and maybe, you know, like last year, I remember when the Raiders went into the bye week, they just – beat the Eagles at home. We all know what happened during the bye week, how tragedy struck during during the bye week. But I thought with the way that everything shook out around the league, the Raiders were in great position coming out of that bye week to really put a stranglehold on the AFC West. Again, we all know tragedy hit in in uh, in the bye week, and they went to New York and, and looked like a shell of themselves, and it took a while to actually get you know that mojo back and start really playing good ball. And they really didn't get to play in really good ball until the final four weeks of the season. So that's, uh, that was, that was obviously that was, uh, hampered by events, I guess to say that were out of the majority of the locker room's control. It wasn't out of everybody's control, obviously, but it was out of the majority of the control. So then it kind of almost hit a reset button. Right. So, that's what I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. And I just actually got hit up by Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, and he just said something just popped up, so he's not going to be able to join us in the next segment, which is okay. It's okay because as uh, DeMond believes, and even though he's not here and Ari's here, uh, he's, got, he's got some momentum on his side, and, and we got some momentum on our side, so we're definitely going to get to your calls and texts at 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Ari, did you just call Mike? Did I just have you call Mike on accident? Oh, you didn't. Okay, uh, I I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to uh, to tell you yet. So I thought that you were calling him, uh, and you didn't know that he wasn't going to join us uh, in this next segment. He might still join us some part of the show, but he just had something that popped up. What we're going to do is take a quick break. I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Do you share the same feeling and excitement level, Jason Fitz? He's super pumped up. He said he hasn't been more excited about this team since 2016. Any Raider team since 2016. Or because of past years where you get hyped up, you get fired up, you think this team is going to go on a deep run, are you still a little gun-shy? Are you a little hesitant because of the past year's experience? Let us know about it. 702-365-9200. I see we got a couple callers lined up. We'll get to you on the next side. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. 
It's just being a, a strong player, having a um, good core, good uh, balance and body control and like pass protection in the run game and stuff like that. So of course, naturally this off season, um, I hit the weight room hard because you can never be too strong. You know what I mean? And things like that. Uh, cleaned up my diet a little bit and all of that good stuff. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy, Q. You just heard right there, Raiders potential right tackle, maybe right guard. Alex Leatherwood, he met with the media last week during mandatory minicamp, and uh, he's a subject that we'll be talking with Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. We'll do that at 4 o'clock. He just got back to me. He had to move from 2.30, but he'll uh, he'll hit us at 4 o'clock. So, man, we're fast and furious. We'll go 3 o'clock, John McClain, 3.30, Nicole Yang, then 4 o'clock, Mike Renner, then 4.30, Paloma Villacana. So, bang, 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 bang. That's how we're rolling. Ari just ducked. He didn't know what was happening. He just thought I came through with the shots fired. <laughs> Thank, thought I came by scraping. That's all right. That's all right. So we got a lot of good stuff to get to uh, right now. We've been talking about Jason Fitz this morning. He was on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang from uh, 7 to 10 a.m. this morning. He hopped on probably around 8-ish, 8.15-ish, and was talking about just the team in general. And he's a guy from ESPN that has been very adamant about being a Raider fan, a lifelong Raider fan. And uh, he's very honest about the team, and he's very real about the team. So he's not going to sugarcoat anything. So that's why when he talked about how excited he is about this team, it really caught my attention. So if you're just tuning in, this is what Jason Fitz had to say about his excitement level. I haven't been this excited about a Raiders team since 2016, and that was an aberration. I haven't been this excited about a team going into a season since the Super Bowl era. And I think what we need to start accepting and like really acknowledging as, as fans is you got 51 days left to just feel the hope, like all the way. Let it run through your veins. Let yourself love because like it, it's hard when you've watched a lot of bad seasons it's hard for all of us to get hopes up when it feels like they're dashed. But, man, I've always been real about where I think this team is. And this is, again, a top-five offense. And in today's NFL, offense wins early in the regular season particularly. I, I think the Raiders have a real shot to do something special this year. And the number of times that I read and I see and I hear people talking about Super Bowl window, I, it just occurred to me the other day, like, I don't think we're acknowledging enough, like, the Raiders might be one of a pack of great teams in the AFC, but they are one of a pack of great teams in, a in the AFC. And if, if things yes. bounce right, like I, I think you, you're allowed to love the Super Bowl. Like I, mm -hmm. I think this is a team capable of going to the Super Bowl this year, and I cannot believe I'm saying that. Jason Fitz right there from ESPN, Spain and Fitz. He does a great job each and every day and joined the morning tailgate this morning with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang. So I've been asking you the question, do you share the same feeling and excitement level as Jason Fitz or – are you still hesitant to get excited until you actually see it because of past year's experiences? Aaron hit us up on Twitter uh, at RNR920 AM at your boy Q254. He said, this is the most optimistic I've been about a Raiders team in a long time. But I've fallen for the banana in the tailpipe too many times. Let's see how this team looks after week 10. Then I'll be all in on the Super Bowl train. That is from my guy Aaron on Twitter. I appreciate that. And ABA Ivan Davis called in earlier and said that after two games, he'd feel really comfortable. And then he called back and was like, hey, I was talking about two regular season games, not two preseason games. I got you. I knew you meant the two regular season games. I think that that's a little early. I would probably wait. Not. I don't know if I'd even go to week 10 like Aaron. I think I might wait till, you know, about the halfway point, eight, seven, eight games. I even talked about you know, getting all the way to to see how they navigate through the, the, the first few weeks and get into their, their bye week, which is week six, and see how they look, see how healthy they are, and see what's clicking and what's not clicking. That's kind of where I'm at before I start saying how special this team could be. I'll learn a lot in training camp. Last year in training camp, we learned 
that that team was, was looked like it had a chance to be special. And I know a lot of people didn't believe us. And when they went on their 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 losing streak, everyone's like, "Yeah, CQ, same old team, same old team." And then all of a sudden they turned it around to my surprise because when they were at their lowest, I was like. Same old team. <laughs> Same old team. They ain't going to do nothing. And then they go on a four-game winning streak and make the playoffs. So they fooled uh, many a Raider Nation, and they fooled me as well. But they stuck together, and they were able to, to pull it out and get to the playoffs. But I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. A man I haven't talked to in a minute, T3 Raider Facts. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. How are you this evening? I'm blessed, brother. Hey, listen. I mean, as Raider fans, we know, and if you go way back to the history of the team, you really have to hold out to the end of the season. I think it's really going to come down to that last game against Kansas City. And, of course, all the team has to do is win to get into the playoffs. All they've got to do is just enough to get in. And then, of course, once you get into the game, into the dance, anything's capable. Anything can happen. Now, one thing I did want to point out, everybody's been knocking the offensive line. Right now on the Raiders roster, there are 14 offensive linemen, if you don't count Trent Sig. Right. So you got 14 linemen on there. Now, of those 14 linemen, six of them have only one or two years of experience. And there's there's one guy, the one guy who's the most senior member of the group is uh, Denzel Good with eight years. So you're looking at a young line. So uh, so what McDaniels and Ziegler are doing right now is they're putting together a lot of young talent. Now, this young talent, in my opinion, is going to come together, I think, a lot quicker than most people think are going to give them credit for. So I, I'm not casting a whole bunch of shade about this offensive line being as horrible as a lot of people think. Um, I think they're going to step up and, and gel as a unit and do much better. Now, I do think that they do, do need to add one more additional piece. Now, I think Isaiah Wynn is very, very mm. – uh, that's, that's a very complex piece there. If the Raiders mm-hmm. can trade for him, that would bring in uh, some ideal depth and as well as some experience. Now, I really feel like they missed the boat early on in the, in the uh, offseason – uh, Ted Karras from, from the Patriots is one guy that I was really looking at. And, and when he got gobbled up by Tampa Bay, I thought, oh, you know, there goes our guy. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, I still think that this line is going to surprise a lot of people. And, and I think my guess, and, and again, you can mark it down here, but I think that Parham is going to move into that starting center position before the season's end. Ooh, okay. There you go. T3 Raider Facts. Thank you for the call, brother. Uh, he's calling a shot, Ari. He's calling a shot. I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, he said that the offensive line is going to surprise some folks and uh, wouldn't be surprised that Dylan Parham is a starting center before the season gets uh, rolling. So uh, there you go. T3, thanks for the uh, the breakdown, my man. And, and you know, when we talk to, to Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, we'll talk to him at 4 o'clock. We'll talk about that offensive line. I'll talk about the youth. I'll talk about Denzel Good. I think that that's a chess piece that we might not be talking about enough. You know what I mean? Because the year, not last year, obviously, he got hurt week one against the Baltimore Ravens. But the year before that, it didn't matter where you had Denzel Good playing at. He was really good. I mean, he filled that void. Hell, if you needed him to clean up in the in the lunchroom, he would do that. You know what I mean? Like, he was all over it. He earned that, that money that he, that he made and his contract extension that he received. He earned that. If that dude can come back and just solidify one spot, whether it be the left guard spot or the right guard spot, I feel confident that wherever they pencil him in at, I feel very comfortable. And left guard might be where you want him to be. Put him over there next to Colton Miller, and that's where uh, Mike Renner had him uh, penciled in on Pro Football Focus when he put out the potential starting five. He had Denzel Good as that left guard. That might be a great spot for him. 
because we know John Simpson struggled a year ago. So, T3, thank you so much for that call. Uh, let's go out to uh, Just Win Wendy. Haven't heard from her in a minute. What's on your mind, Wendy? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Hey, I just wanted to tell you, I, I've been working full-time, so I haven't been able to call in, but I'm listening every day. Nice, I nice. Missed you, I missed you, and I was real glad you had a great time in Hawaii and the missus and your daughter and everything. So, great. Um, listen, you're talking, about, you're talking about me today because um, I have, you know, the two sides of my personality, and one of them is like, oh, my God, we're going to win everything this year. We're going to go 17 and oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. You know, it's like, and then the other side of me is like, we never do it. It never happens. It, uh, something always goes wrong. You know, it's right. like I have the sad sack on one side. And um, so I'm kind of in the middle. I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I know that it's like the offense has never looked this good. I totally agree with Jason on that. Never. And so I have to be optimistic about that. But I just, I, I can't. I mean, it's just too many disappointments over so many years. I mean, two years ago, we won, what, six, we were at six and three. And I was like, oh, my God, this might be it. And then look what happened. And right. then last year, you know, things went really well toward the end. But we had so many things happen. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very, very hopeful. Let me put it that way. Right, right. But I've been, I've been really harping on the O-line. Ever since, like, March, I was like, when are we going to get O-line? When mm-hmm. are we going to get O-line? You know, so I was glad we got Dylan Parham. But I, you know what I think, and let's just see if it happens, I think they're going to wait until cut down, and then there's going to be another O-line guy who's going to come in. So wait and see. But right after cut down, I'll bet, you know, when we get down to 53, everybody else is going to be down to 53 or so. Right. And they're going to pick up another guy, another veteran. That's my that's my take on it. I so, like it. Because we need, we need backup on that O-line. No matter what everybody does right now, we're going to need backup. I mean, look what happened at the first game last year. Right. Know, I don't know. Anyway, yep. I don't want to be, I don't want to be nervous, Nelly. But, you know, I kind of am. <laughs> I, I understand. Am. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. You know, because you've been there. You were there with the same way I was. Yep. I was there like probably a couple of decades before you. <laughs> but we <laughs> both now. walked across that bridge. Right. And I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than walking across that Vegas Hacienda Bridge when we lose. Right. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. It was like the zombie walk. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. That is the worst. Year. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, I'll let you go, but... um. See you soon. Hopefully. Are you going to Canton? Yes, yes, absolutely. Definitely be there. Yep. Okay, well, we'll touch face. All right, appreciate you. Just win Wendy right there. Fantastic call. And look, you being a little nervous or like you said, a nervous Nelly, that is okay. Because I think we've all been conditioned to have a little bit of skepticism, right? Like, yeah, but, you know what I mean? Been there, done that, got super excited, and it didn't shake out the way it should have. And there has been times where... The Raiders gotten off to a great start, and then they couldn't finish. And, you know, there's been there's been a lot of those situations. That's why I threw the question out there, because I knew that there's going to be some folks that are going to be, like, all in. Hey, everything's going to be great. Devontae Adams is going to score a bazillion touchdowns. Darren Waller is going to be a beast. Hunter Renfro. Derek Carr is going to be an MVP. Team's going to go 15-2. And two. And, I mean, you know, like, I know that there's somebody that's going to think that, and that's okay. That's fine to think that. That is okay. But then there's going to be some, like Wendy, that are like, yeah, I'm excited, but I've been excited and burned before. And I'll tell you, man, there's not too much worse than that lonely, long walk after a loss, especially if it's a bad loss. 
after that Bears game last season, I had family from Texas in town, man. I had got them tickets. I was feeling good about myself. They had never been to an NFL game. I was like, man, you're about to see Raider Nation show out. They're going to, you know, be loud and proud and oh, gonna the, the roof is going to come off Allegiant Stadium. And it was like, it was like you were in a sad church. It was so quiet and depressing. When everyone walked out, the only thing I could do is say, hey, man, I apologize. I bought the tickets and I'm apologizing to them for, for them going to the game because I had put them through that. I was like, man, I set y'all up for failure. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was going to be like that. I mean, hell, Bear fans were walking out surprised. They were out there talking trash, and they didn't even have nobody to talk trash to because Bear Nation was just like, yeah, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> that sucked. But so I understand. So, Wendy, don't feel bad because uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Let's get one more good call in real quick. Let's talk to our dude in L.A., Gangster Raider. Welcome to the show. It ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. What's up, Q? Chillin', man. You know what I'm saying? I want to say, I want to say Happy Father's Day because you know, thank you. It's, I know it's Sunday, but we celebrating the whole week. Real daddies every day is Father's Day, so we celebrating the whole week. You know what I'm saying? I, always, I never did tell you I'm real proud of you. I, 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 be, I don't know if you know this, but I started listening to you on the podcast when you used to be on podcast when you was in Texas. Yeah, I forget which one it was, and for you to um make your ascent to where you are now to the PD, you know, that's that's real good luck. I salute you. You know what I'm saying? I'm proud of you. Appreciate your it. motivation, your inspiration, and you're one of the few black PDs that I know and in Vegas, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. You know what I'm saying? Salute. Thank you, you know man. What I mean? And also, in Raider Nation, you know what I'm, I'm already excited about it, but if we um, undefeated after the Tennessee game and by the bye, because we beat them face every um, division team, um, by the time we get to that bye, if we still undefeated, I'm really sticking my chest out. You know what I'm saying? If we <laughs> right. um, get the 5-0 and 0 by that bye, and then, you know, I think we got two powder puff games, but that's my only concern. The two games after the um, bye, they're not really tough games, so I hope there ain't no letdown. But, you know what I'm saying, I hope the um, coaching staff won't let that happen because I think our coaching staff is strong-minded and strong-willed and won't that, let that happen. You know what I'm saying? But I'm pumped up now. I'm, I told you, I'm already predicting undefeated. Especially if we get to that bye, if we get to five and zero, oh, bet it. You know what I'm saying? Bet right. that. But I'm already pumped up. I'm optimistic about it. And at first, I was a little skeptical about the coaching hire, but then I thought about it. And then he um they announced his hire on January 31st, which is my birthday. So I think that's the omen. My birthday is the day after the team's birthday, which is January 30th. January 31st is my birthday, and I think it's a new birth. We're reborn. You know what I'm saying? We getting reborn back into our greatness. You know what I'm saying? We finna get that fourth Super t- Super Bowl title, if not this year, next year for sure. But I'm feeling it this year, and I got a feeling we're going to go back-to-back. You know, I know you think that's the fan of me or whatever, but remember where you heard it first, Gangster Raider. I'm gone. Nice, nice. I love it. Hey, man, bring the heat. That's good stuff right there, man. Gangster Raider bringing it, and I uh, definitely appreciate the kind words, my man. And, look, that's what you're supposed to do is be uh, be fired up, be excited, man. I'm okay with that. There is nothing wrong with that at all. 2.48 is the time. We'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation. We're going to take some more calls and texts. We're going to take a quick break, but come on back. We'll close out the hour, 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Do you share the same feelings and excitement level Jason Fitz? Or are you like just when Wendy, just a little hesitant because of what you've seen and what you've heard in the past? Let us know about it. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's just a massive cloud that is around them as a team. And I think uh, it, it's deserving because the, the allegations of these women uh, should be taken seriously. Um, and, and also, you know, to Deshaun Watson, in his case, he's, he's maintaining his innocence. And in the court of public opinion, there is no such thing as, as uh, innocent and still guilty. And he's definitely lost that battle. Um, it's just a matter of, of what do you do from here? 
Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy, Q. RG3 right there talking about Deshaun Watson. We'll talk to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, formerly the Houston Chronicle, coming up at the top of the hour. We'll dip in a little Deshaun Watson conversation, but we'll scatter shoot and go all over the NFL. And we'll talk about the expectations right here in Las Vegas with the silver and black. That'll be coming up at three o'clock with the great John McClain. Right now I'm hearing from you. I want to get your thoughts. Are you excited and fired up, pumped up like uh, Jason Fitz was this morning on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor and Heidi Fang? Are you fired up about the season? Said this is the most excited about a Raiders team he's been since 2016. Or are you like just when Wendy, when she said, I want to be there, Q, I want to be there. I just know something always happens. Something always pops up. So I'm just a little hesitant, even though through and through, she is as diehard as a fan as it gets. I mean, there's, it, it doesn't get much, much more uh, diehard than Just Win Wendy. I'll tell you that right now. Outside of Al Davis and Mark Davis, it probably doesn't get any bigger than Just Win Wendy's. But I can understand her hesitation. Because, again, I think all of us, as members of the Raider Nation, have been there, done that. Got a tweet from my guy, Raider92, Q. Wait until after the bye week is where I'll start to get my good feel for this team. My gut feeling is telling me to be excited and great things are coming. But then 2000 through 2000, no, 2003 through 2020 memories come back. I'm preparing for the best and the worst. Go Raiders. That's from Raider 92. Totally understand where you're coming from, my man. Let's hear from our guy at 702-365-9200, and then we'll close out the hour. How about Fargo Raider? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q and Ari. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. And... You know, I'm a diehard Raider fan. I don't have the, the you know, the weight that just when Wendy has with her <laughs> decades of being in the, in the in the mix. But you know, I've bled silver and black since I could walk. I think I was a silver and black twinkle in my father's eye. I'm <laughs> optim- I'm I'm excited every every preseason. Every preseason, I think this is going to be the year we turn around. This year, we're going to shut everybody up and make them eat crow. And, you know, we Raider fans have been hurt too often. And that's why a lot of us, while we're always excited, a lot of us are cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I mean, one of my goals in life was to go to one game for my birthday. I went, I, I went to Rockstar. I got to hang out with everybody. That was the highlight of my, of my season right there. But the game was, it was awful. Losing that game to that team... Man, it devastated me. And when I was walking away, when I was walking back to the hotel, somebody had got a flash mob. I was so pissed. I just walked through the flash mob, and I guess they had gotten a flash mob to propose. So I would like walked right through their proposal. I was <laughs> I, I didn't even know what was going around. Me. And that's you know that's what it's like to be a Raider fan. You can be in the in the happiest place on earth. And they'll find a way to screw up your mood. And that's why just when Wendy's cautiously optimistic. But we're right here, baby. Raider Nation, one nation. Just win, baby. You guys have a great day. Thank you for taking my call. Fargo Raider, that was fantastic right there. My man said, I walked in the middle proposal. I didn't know what was going on. He was like that dude at Disneyland, right? And they, didn't that just happen at Disneyland where there, there was a proposal going on and, and the Disneyland guy was like, you can't do this nope. right here. You got to move. And he was, he was the bearer of bad news. He ruined the whole day. Man, that's cold game. I like it, though. I like it. That's funny. Fargo, thank you for that. And, hey, again, totally understand exactly where you're coming from. 2.57 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. John McClain, he'll join us talking all things NFL. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.